0: Thank you for uh, the message of that blessed song, Amen. It seems like uh, we always sing that when the topic is about uh, the coming of the Lord, and uh, we're already blessed by uh, the messages of the song that we heard today, Amen, uh, pertaining about heaven, about our blessed hope, and um, I'm so blessed also by uh, the message this morning, Amen. Uh, thank God for the life of Pastor Abel for being used by God uh, tremendously to share to us the wonderful Word of God. And uh, I hope your spiritual cup is not full yet. You still have uh, some percentage that you will allow to uh, get soaked in. And uh, as you know, um, the month of July is our education month, so uh, we thank God for our education ministry, for all our teachers, for patiently and diligently sharing God's word. And uh, I like to uh, share uh, a message about uh, the end times. You know, uh, my prayer and my desire is whenever I I teach or preach or share God's word that we will uh, learn something or we'll be reminded of the truth that we've probably heard before because sometimes one of the best ways to teach is by repetition, isn't it? Because we are forgetful people, isn't it? And uh, also, we have to not just uh, have uh, ears, but uh, uh, listening ears, amen, and understanding heart. So um, before we continue on, we'll have a a word of prayer. and Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God in heaven, I thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to um, see that God truly, our sovereign, all-powerful God, is really uh, from everlasting to everlasting. He knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. And we are so thankful, Lord, that you included us into your kingdom, you included us into your family, and you've given us the Bible as the divine blueprint of your plan and purpose for our lives and even for this world. And we thank you, Lord, that we can uh, once again be able to look upon your word. And I just pray, Father, that you help me as your servant to rightly divide the word of truth. I'm so frail, Lord, I'm so limited. I pray that the message and the lesson will be heard and seen this uh, afternoon, not my weakness, O Father. And we invoke the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our uh, midst this afternoon. And we know, Lord, through your word that you said when two or three are gathered in the name of Christ, your presence is in our midst. And we know, Lord, that our... Second service, our gathering right now in this Lord's Day is never in vain because we are gathered with a desire to please our Lord, to uh, hear uh, from thee, to uh, fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And most of all, Lord, we can be edified and strengthened to be your uh, better servants and better children, Lord, as we go out of this uh, house of worship. So we dedicate this service. moments to you, and help me, Lord, um, through your Holy Spirit, and once again, forgive us from our sins and our shortcomings, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, I'd like to share a few verses regarding this topic uh, about just being aware of what's happening in this world. You know, um, thank God for the Bible. Amen. Amen. Uh, We know it's accurate, it's reliable, it's dependable because it's the Word of God. It tells us of uh, the future, it tells us about what happened in the past, it tells us what we ought to do in the present, amen, to make our life more meaningful with a purpose, with blessing. So our first verse is Hebrews 10, 25. I'd like to thank our ITs there for helping me out and for Pastor Abel for putting colors in the outline. Uh, We know this verse of scripture uh, written to uh, the Hebrews. Of course, we know they are Jews. They are going through tribulation during this time. And we don't really know who's the author of this wonderful epistle, but it's a great, great uh, book in the Bible, isn't it? And if you can summarize the book of Hebrew in one word, I, I can say it's the word better. Christ is better than anything else. Amen? Better than Moses, than the angels, the old systematic sacrifice in the Old Testament. He's better than anything because he's the fulfillment of the law, of the types and symbols of who God is, you know, and his purpose and plan. And we know, uh, let's read it all together, amen? Maybe you memorized it, but it's always good to rehearse it with our lips. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another... And so much the more, as you see the day approaching. That's why we entitled our, actually this is a Bible study, not probably a preaching, but a Bible study. As you see the day approaching. So you see there that even though during that time uh, we know the church is very fervent. The, the people of God are on fire with the Lord. There are still some uh, believers you know, that are forsaking the assemblings of themselves together. But here we are exhorted that we need to assemble. Amen? And I thank God for your faithfulness. You know, sometimes we see the same faces, the same family in the second service. But I would like to encourage you to keep on doing it. Amen? For the glory of God. Because God rewards faithfulness. God rewards your effort, your labor of love. Because it's for the Lord anyways. Amen? It's our love for Him we're doing this. It's not just our duty. You know, it's our desire, amen, to be here and to continue to fellowship with one another. Why we are exhorted to continue to assemble together in the fellowship of the word. That's why we encourage to, you know, uh, be with us during prayer meeting, amen, be with your group in Bible studies in Fridays, uh, attend the Sunday school, have your own personal devotion and own personal reading and study of God's word and prayer, Why? We need to do that because we know that we see that the day is approaching, amen, that the Lord will soon come again. And we need to do this until He comes, amen? And next verse of Scripture, all right, Romans 13:11. let's read it all together. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of life. And uh, I shared a message about this passive scripture also. Thank God that God, you know, saved us, and we are called the children of light. Amen? We are not the children of darkness. Hindi na po tayo nangangapa kung anong mga yari sa mundo, sa ating mga buhay, because we have the word of God that tells us what's going to happen, what's God's will in our lives, what's God's blueprint or divine plan in this world. So, for Christians that are slumbering, amen, or cold or sidetracked in their faith, it is now high time to awake out of sleep, all right? And because we know that our salvation is nearer than we believe, once again, that's our uh, blessed hope, amen, of the soon return of of the lord jesus christ as you remember our salvation is in three tenses isn't it we are saved from the past you know penalty of sin which is our justification positionally in the eyes of god we are saved amen we are secured we have eternal life we are forgiven of our sins but also we are saved continuously you know progressively which is what we call we are saved from the power or the pollution of sin. Because we still live in a sin-cursed world. We still have the old sinful nature in us. Amen? We have the divine new nature in us also. There's a war happening inside of us. The flesh and the spirit. But the good news is now we can overcome. Amen? We have the power to resist. And we have the Lord by our side. We have the Holy Spirit that teaches us all things. So we are saved. Now we are you know, sanctified continue to be sanctified so progressive in this life right now presently and of course we're looking forward for that future glorification that we will be saved from the presence amen? amen and the power of sin ultimately amen so our salvation is in three tenses that's why i love that song that we sang a while ago when christ comes into the air amen the rapture of the believers and that's our lesson today that christ may come in our lifetime amen I'll give you 10 quick reasons, all right? Uh, We're looking that our redemption, full redemption, really draweth nigh. It's closer than we ever think. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast up the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. All right, next verse. That's why 2 Timothy 4, 8, uh, every now and then we preach about the coming of the Lord here, about eschatology about future things, because look at this. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. This is Apostle Paul writing uh, before the end of his life, his ministry. In the preceding verse, he says, I'm now ready to be offered. My depart- departure is at hand, isn't it? And he said he has finished his uh, journey, his work, he's ready to be offered. And this is what he said, therefore, is laid. henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of Righteousness. And in the Bible, there are five crowns that a believer can attain uh, to give to the Lord for his praise and glory. Where we lay up our crowns, a part of the rewards, you know, the prices we'll have in heaven to glorify the Lord. And one of the crowns is the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. So do you love to see the Lord face to face. You love His appearing. You you want Him to come in your lifetime. Amen? And I said before, sometimes we say, Oh, Lord, do don't come yet because I'm not ready. I'm not ready to meet you. Uh, I haven't settled everything. I did not really serve you. I'm not really that faithful. Or I still have prayers in my life. I want somebody in my family to be saved. But, you know, God has His own timetable. Amen? God has His own time. But you know what? We need to love that the fact that He is appearing one of these days. He's coming back for His children. And if you do that, the Bible says you will purify yourself. You will live righteously. Amen? You will do things that will glorify God when you love that He's appearing. Because you want to be caught up or you want to be found faithful. Amen? Serving Him, once again, by God's grace. So, crown of righteousness for those that love is appearing. Next verse. Alright, Titus 2.11 All the way to 13, we know this verse of Scripture. Once again, let's read it all together. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that verse, verse 13. It speaks of the divinity of Jesus. Amen. His deity, the great God. Amen. And our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for that blessed hope. And when you look for that blessed hope, you will live righteously. Amen. You live for the glory of God. You will deny ungodliness, worldly lust, live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Once again, it's a tough call. Amen. To do in our own strength, in our own flesh. That's why we need the grace of God. We need to keep on being taught and instructed the word of God. And we don't do it on our own strength. Thanks be to God. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have the Lord Jesus Christ to help us live for Him. Alright, next one. Alright, there you go. Ten reasons. Alright. Alright. And let me throw another verse of scripture. First John chapter 3. Verse 1 to 3. Uh, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Amen. Are you glad you are sons of God? Amen. Daughters of God. Of course, generally speaking there, sons also include the ladies. Amen. Men and ladies, children, boys and girls. We are given the privilege to be called the sons of God because of God's love. He said, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Once again, another assurance of salvation here. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when—but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And look, for those that love is appearing, for those who are sensing the day is approaching of his soon return, what will do? And every man that had this hope, that blessed hope, isn't it? In him purified himself even as he is pure. Positionally, we are pure in the eyes of God. Amen? we already separated. But while we're still here on earth, we try to live for the Lord. Amen? Throw away, you know, and try to overcome you know, sins in our lives by his grace, and by his, also the same grace, serve him. He purified himself even as he is pure. So, Education, and we just like to inform you of what's uh, happening right now. So, I said this before, and you've heard this before that prophecy is not to scare us, but to prepare us. You know, it's not, this is not doom and gloom, all right? Oh, the world is going to get worse and worse. It's not going to get better and better. Oh, so what am I to live for? What's really, what should I do, isn't it? It's not to excite the curious but to edify the consecrated. That's why we, we study this. We look at this topic every now and then. You know, the main thing that I want to do is to, to edify you, to exhort you, the believers. Exhort the body of Christ and exalt the name of Christ, always point it to Christ, that if you are in the Lord, amen, if you have Jesus Christ in you, no matter how hard life will be, amen, how, no matter how tough and, and hard life is now, the present trials and tribulations, You know, our best days is ahead. Amen. Amen. Our best years, our best eternity actually is ahead. As long as we continue to live for the Lord and follow him and work for him. All right. So we are children of lights and God has given us some things in the Bible that we can see. So what's really going on right now? So we'll go beyond the four corners of this church. And sometimes I like to look at what's happening in the world to see how it correlates to the Word of God. You know, if you've been watching the news lately, it probably hasn't escaped your attention that really strange and unprecedented things have been happening. You know, historic earthquakes, record-breaking floods, droughts and fires, mass animal deaths, and myriad of wars and threats of wars are happening. Additionally, you will probably have noticed the massive rapid movement toward globalization and global governance under the United Nations, International Monetary Fund, Bank of International Settlements, World Court, and other international institutions. You see the miraculous rise and consolidation of the European Union probably hasn't escaped your attention either if you're watching the news. Add to this biblical saber rattling, uh, among the countries of the Middle East and the media's 24-7 fixation on Israel, Palestine and Jerusalem, and, you know, something peculiar is going on. You know that the Muslims are predicting the soon return of the Imam Mahdi. You know, because for them, that's their Messiah. Uh, The secular humanists are predicting mass extinction because of climate change and unchecked capitalism. And then on the third group, the Christians are predicting the imminent return of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ with what's happening in the world, both naturally, physically, morally, and spiritually, politically, all right? Pl- plenty of other end-of-the-world-type speculation as completely saturated television and the internet with bizarre mentions of Mayan calendar, you've heard this? Quatrains written by Nostradamus, even alien invasions, they say, an impending, though yet unseen, planet called Nibiru, end-of-the-world. So Hollywood, Hollywood has certainly added to the fuel, to the fire, with uh, movies released like 2012, have heard that? Huh? The Book of Eli, huh? The Road Legion, The Day After Tomorrow, isn't it? Those catastrophic e- global uh, events that changed the landscape of the world and the life of the world. So the film and television industry has developed an odd fascination with the apocalyptic genre very odd wouldn't you agree so something is definitely going on so it seemed might hard to find your way through all the confusion and mass deception but it can be done there is a light that shines in the darkness and illuminates the truth and it is the word of god amen jesus is the word of god so we know as bible believers that the bible predicted thousands of years ago in fact that certain things would happen before god would return and make things right. And I'm glad God will make things right. Amen? He will because he is a sovereign God. He's a loving God. You know, but um, we see that people want to make things good in this world temporarily. And we know that this will eventually happen. All the things that are happening should demonstrate to us that the times we are living in are very different then all the previous times were dates were even set by Christians and non-Christians alike about the end of the world but time passed and nothing seems happen those dates occurred without the necessary accompaniment of the current events that were prophesied in the bible so things have changed the things that are sealed as daniel had written are being unsealed in our very eyes right now so to the 21st christian uh, living in this century, 21st Christian century. The Bible, as we know, has hundreds and hundreds of prophecies, a great portion of which were already fulfilled and with pinpoint accuracy. That's why we can trust the Bible. Amen? Amen. Everything that it has prophesied, predicted, had come to pass 100%. Right. And the Bible is 30% prophecy, all in all, about a third of the Bible. Just give you some um, uh, examples, Egypt would never again rule over the other nations. Ezekiel 29 15. Yes, it had happened. They, they were in existence during Joseph's time, the patriarch Joseph. Uh, so uh, probably an empire during that time. But after that, they've never been into the world scene that conquered nations. Alexander the Great would rise to power and his empire would be split into four kingdoms. Daniel chapter 8 verse 15 to 22 and it had happened hundreds of years ago before it was predicted and of course 300 prophecies regarding the first advent of the Messiah the first coming of Christ had been fulfilled already amen that the Messiah would be born of a virgin Isaiah 7:14 Messiah would be born in Bethlehem Micah 5:2 hundreds of years God used his dear prophets to predict this and it all had come to pass so the Bible tells us that many things about what will precede the return of Jesus Christ. Right? So we will see uh, 10 of them today. All right, So we know that he is coming soon. And first and foremost is the culmination of signs. Culminations of signs. We know from the return of the Jews to their God-given land, beginning in the late, in, in the late 1800s to the rebirth of Israel, in 1948, and the recapturing of Jerusalem in 1967, the signs foretold in the Bible, Bible are all here. Over the centuries that have ensued since Christ ascended to heaven, dozens and dozens of people have speculated that they would witness his return. Even uh, the audience, the recipients of the letter of Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18 about the p- famous passage of scripture about the rapture of the body of Christ. The believers, they were sad because some of their loved ones who are in the Lord have died and they thought Christ will appear the second time in their lifetime, isn't it? So throughout generations, they are looking forward. They are having the love for the appearing of Jesus Christ. But of course, you know, now as we look at the Bible that's completed, we can more understand the time frame. Amen? The season of his near return so that dozens have speculated to witness his return many even set specific dates for what we call the parousia all right the second coming of the lord and we don't believe in that amen we are given the signs and the season that it's near but we cannot predict the pinpoint date amen no man knoweth the hour and the day that we just need to get ready amen we just need to keep on worshiping god waiting for his return, watching for his return, working for him, amen, by the grace of God. But, you know, as believers right now, we see that probably is even nearer than we ever think that it could happen in our lifetime. You know, but these speculations were lacking the myriad of the prophesied signs. So Israel is back in the land. I think that's the beginning of that prophetical time clock before the 70th year week of Daniel continues, All right, uh, Israel is back in the land. The side global government exists right now in the form of the UN. Remember, the Antichrist would come and the world stage is being set up right now for him to have control, full control, that you cannot buy or sell. And I think uh, it's going to come from the United Nations. And I, I saw there's 193 countries right now that are part of the United Nations and also the Philippines is one of the uh, earliest, I think 73 years that we've been part of that. And of course, their agenda is to uh, have world peace, isn't it, and prosperity, and utopia, as you know it, for the world. But you know what? The world will never really know real peace and prosperity because if the ruler, if the leaders are not a child of God, amen? <laughs> Have not the Spirit of God. And we know that our human heart is de- depraved, amen? So, no matter what program the world will come out, will usher, sure, if it is not come from the principle of God's word, then it will not cause lasting, isn't it? Peace or prosperity. Actually, they're saying united we stand, isn't it? Or divided we fall. But God has to confound the language, isn't it? during the time of the Tower of Babel, because their leader was Nimrod, who opposes God, who went to idol worship. So it's better to be divided, they stand, because united, they will fall if they have the wrong leader, if they have a a man that doesn't fear God, who knows God to be the overall leader of the world. So the Jews are back in their land, the rebirth of Israel, had happened. There is a spirit of lawlessness that prevails. Homosexuality is rampant as it was in the days of Lot. These are the signs. Violence via abortion, euthanasia, terrorism, and war are at unprecedented levels as it was in the days of Noah in Matthew 24. Signs in the heavens are appearing left and right. The Jews have virtually everything in place to rebuild their temple. The technology finally exists to implement the mark of the beast, the players in the Middle East are rapidly aligning in such a way to fulfill Ezekiel 38. You know, uh, Iran, who's uh, arch enemy of Israel, had aligned itself, isn't it, with China, with Russia, with North Korea, the communists, the right? ba? Muslim, because they have one goal. Two, uh, annihilate Israel to put an end to this nation. Child of God, this hatred for them, all right? They are aligning themselves right now. And they have their own, uh, they want to overthrow even the monetary fund of America and and Brazil and China and other countries want to have their own, you know, monetary funds, ways to, you know, conduct business and commerce. So that's why we cannot see America in end-time prophecies. Probably because uh, we had fallen, amen? from the grace of god because it has turned its back from the lord and a lot of missionaries that were talking they said uh they feel sad for america because it's like a post-christian nation with what's happening right now technology finally exists to implement that mark of the beast as you know right? we are marked <laughs> we are numbered now but aren't you glad the uh, the mark of the beast will give man the number but christ knows your name amen <laughs> He'll give you a new name. So he really cares for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So uh, what else? Uh, unprecedented apostasy is happening as foretold uh, here in America and other parts of the world. It started in the 1960s. The higher thinking, critical thinking, they criticized the Bible. It's not really true. It's not really accurate. And humanism came into you know, the scene the population at large calls good evil and evil good. The world's leaders are proclaiming each and every day the damning words peace and security. And 1 Thessalonians 5.3, that will happen, you know, during the time of the tribulation. There's a great uh, deception. When, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden dis- destruction coming upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And many, both inside and outside the church, are saying, where is the promise of His coming? Amen? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. See, we're living in the last days. Actually, the last days started when Christ came into this world 2,000 years ago. But we are in the latter end, the upper limit of the last days. There will be scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of His coming? It happened during the, this time, and it's been happening Tremendously during our time right now. They're mocking the Christians. For since the father, fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. But it all had changed for the past, you know, 70, 80 years. So I have some slides here, some pictures. Israel was reborn as a nation, as the book of Ezekiel said, one day, May 14, 1948. They got Jerusalem. Uh, 1967, and even uh, the previous president of this country addresses that Jerusalem is supposed to be the capital, not a change of Israel, not Tel Aviv. All right? So that's the start of the prophetical time clock of that generation that shall see all these things that will happen in Matthew 24. Amen? Next, the Jews are ready to rebuild their temple they already found the descendants of Aaron, and uh, their garments are done. Their the furnitures are being furnished. And remember, I shared they found a heifer. I don't know, for the past two thousand years, they cannot find a heifer pure, uh, and they found five. You know, and because they had to do that sacrifice to purify the priests and 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 the furnitures of the uh, the temple when they. Uh, sacrifice that have heifer as a burnt offering, the ashes as a ritual we purify um, the priest. That's why they don't have any any sacrifices since the time of Christ, since um, the destruction of the Jerusalem temple in AD 70 by Roman Titus, because they haven't had the time to produce a heifer to sprinkle and purify the priests and the temple furniture. Next slide. Of course, the, the moral depravity right now, isn't it? Like last uh, month, um, things that we're supposed to be ashamed of, abomination to the Lord is being paraded, isn't it? Is being flaunted. And even in so-called Christendom, they are ordaining. Ha? Mga clergy na woman, na mga trans lahat po. So wala na talaga, alright? Uh, ang mundo ay going to uh, deception and apostasy. Oh, napaka gloomy, di ba? <laughs> right, next. Of course, you see violence, you know, and the spirit of lawlessness. Per- perilous times, as the Bible says, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. It happened not only in this country, looting and destruction and everything, and, and uh, it's been encouraged by others, isn't it? And then uh, they don't really pay for their crimes because they are being set free, isn't it? and what's happening in the world not just in America spirit of lawlessness and rebellion and pride okay nike all right let's do it okay so kaya mag armor under armor <laughs> all right next slide all right the signs uh, in in the heavens um, 2016 the blood moon prepared that happened and the super moon, uh, as the Bible says, I don't have time to go through all those details, you know. Pero, yeah, it tells us that Christ is coming soon because in the book of Revelation it will tell you there. Uh, when these things happen, they they fall in a Jewish fist and sacrifice in the temple, the blood moons and super moons, you know. All right. kumuha niya napagaling? All right. Really captured the. The moon. And next. All right. Okay. So second thing. All right. Latter days. Latter days. Second, the things that we can say that we know that Christ is coming probably in our lifetime is the latter days. The Bible seems to indicate that Christ's first coming signaled the beginning of the latter days. First Peter 1.20. Okay. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last days. Last times for you. So Christ was manifest, isn't it? He came into this world, incarnated in the flesh 2,000 years ago. So that's why this is the start of the last days. Next verse. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, Old Testament, had in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. That's Jesus Christ. New Testament. All right? thousand years ago whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds once again a verse about the deity of christ he created the world amen he did not start in bethlehem but he was from the beginning from eternity past the son of god the second person of the trinity had in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. so when he came that's the beginning of the last days so uh, according to the bible the earth is only six thousand years old so with that said, now that has been 2000 years since Christ's first coming, we must be approaching the climactic end of the age. Else God's word is gravely mistaken, and I have com- absolute confidence that it is not because God always keeps his word. Amen. It's always true. So next slide. Hmm. Did you imagine if we get raptured what it would be like? I know you've seen the left behind movie series but we don't really know for sure, isn't it? The specific. Na may even ba yung uh, damit ko, diba? Or mag disintegrate? Of course, that's earthly. And we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And there will be a pandemonium in the world. Because if there are Christians driving an automobile, a train, a plane, and they'll just, you know, disappeared. And it happens simultaneously, all the genuine born again believers. And what would the world say? will blame. nila, siguro aliens have abducted them. That's why there's a fascination now with UFOs, UFAs, because they will believe a strong delusion. Remember I told you in Second Thessalonians and they will believe a lie because in the first place they don't want to believe God's truth. And that's going to happen and tribulation will usher in. So third, third, we have to go. The Tower of Babel. How do you pronounce this? Part? Who knows how to say that? Part juice? Part okay. Out of many one. You know? You know the story? The Tower of Babel, Genesis 11.1? And the whole earth was one of language and of one speech. I wonder what speech, what language? Was it Tagalog? <laughs> no, that's a minor dialect, right? so probably probably it's Hebrew, no? But we'll we'll know when we get to heaven. What was the original language that Adam spoke? You know, and they spoke with the patriarchs. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly and they had brick for stone and slime had they for murder. These are hard workers, builders. Look at that. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. It's like being repeated now in our 21st century, one world, amen. One world religion, one world currency, one world church, one world government, oneness. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. When God already said in this dispensation to be scattered, isn't it? But they did not. So, what God said is. He went down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. This is after the global flood with Noah, isn't it? They replenished the earth, populated the earth, but they stayed in one place, go to last down, and confound or confuse their language. That's the start of the different nations of the world, communities in the world. You know, that they may not understand one another's speech. So probably it was funny, isn't it? Why are they building a tower? They really Will they really reach heaven? No, but they build that tower as a defiance against God because now they are trying to worship the creation, the sun, moon, and stars. Nimrod and Semiramis during that time are trying to, like, Point the whole world, the whole people there in worshiping the creation, the sun, moon, and stars, rather than worshiping the one true God. They started that one world religion and mother and child worship. Because they claim Semiramis claimed that his son Tammuz was the reincarnation of Nimrod. The uh, uh, mother and child worship started there and it, it scattered from different religion and different nations. Like in our country in the Philippines is Mary and Jesus. And the other countries is Os- Osiris and And this uh, child, and you know, has many names in different cultures and countries. So it started there in Tower of Babel. That's why God has to confuse their language. That's why Babel means confusion. Also, that's the start of the civilization Mesopotamia in Babel, isn't it? I think that's Iraq in modern times. That that location there, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all. The earth. So in Genesis 11 mankind apparently reached a point of no return when the collective decided to band together apart from God and ascend to heaven No, ascend to heaven on their own strength. As their tower grew, God decided it was time to intervene and judgment came quickly. He destroyed their tower and confused their language. The language confusion has prevailed to this day as the very basis of national divisions because of their disobedience to God. Yet mankind is once again defying God in its attempt to resurrect a collective world government via, once again, watch this, the United Nations and other supranational institutions with the advent of information technology and automated translation services, isn't it? In your Google devices or Smart devices, language divisions, means less and less right now. And the humanistic collective continues full speed ahead without thought of what they are doing. Mankind for the first time in history is actually ascending the heavens, via aircraft and spacecraft. So combined with the mankind's globalist overreach, you have an almost verbatim replay of Genesis 11. Uh, Thank you, Elon Musk, you know, (laughs) of your space program and NASA. uh, They just probably want to explore. But actually, a lot of unbelieving scientists they want to find life. Other beings outside the world. Maybe, you know, we're not just alone in this universe. Maybe there's another superior being or advanced civilization because a lot of them don't believe in God of the Bible, isn't it? But they won't find. They might find something, but it's demonic, amen, to give them, you know, deception. So look at this. Interestingly, the EU, European Union Parliament building, appears to be modeled on classic paintings of the Tower of Babel. You see on the top, there are like stairs going up. They call it ziggurat also, that kind of um, building. And they said they, even during the times of Nimrod, Historian says they sacrifice even a virgin to get a hold of the spirits of the devil Lucifer and be able to open a portal or something, something deep. So that's why it got us to confound the language because they're worshiping, you know, uh, not just the sun, moon, and stars, but the other side, <laughs> amen? The, the angel of light, the god of this world, deception. And they're, they're doing it with immorality and all those things, you know, with uh, 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 really uh, very carnal and very uh, uh, abominable in the eyes of God. So look at that. There's a similarity of the building that they're doing. So um, it's just interesting. Isn't it? So we have to watch out for the United <laughs> Nations, this General Assembly of what they're trying to do. And look at the next. And these are the world's institutions that you can see. Um, uh, and I, I heard that the SDG, I um, think tri- they're trying to promote, uh, it was being uh, set September of 2015, and they're ratifying it right now, and they're going to have a General Assembly this coming fall, which also falls into uh, what we call uh, the New Wine Feast in the Bible. This has also a correlation of the uh, the Feast of the Trumpets. And they are ratifying uh, a covenant for seven years. From 2023 to 2030, the SDG, uh, Sustainable um, Development Goals, that they're unifying the world, 193 countries, that we will have something of the same. So like, Genderless, uh, healthcare for everybody, uh, um, you know, do what you want to do, and they will try to encourage the leaders of those countries to, to go that. So, you see, ng COVID 19, parang test trial lang How to unite the world? How will the world respond? And they're looking for a cure, looking for a servant. And then, since then, diba nagwago. Never before, like global. Pandemic that tried to unite the world and look for, you know. So in, in the front, it looks good for prosperity and peace. There's no more borders. You know, everybody has the same thing, you know. And we will have one. In the front, it looks good, but it's a facade. It's, it's something sinister because the Antichrist is behind it. The devil is behind it. Because as I said, if the world is not going to follow God's word and principle and, and leadership, then man's heart is depraved, then it will not cause good eventually, isn't it? So those are the things. All right, okay, we have to go on. Number four. Right. This is weird. CRISPR and genetic manipulation. We know that Christ is coming because of this. The past several decades have witnessed the advent of the genetic revolution, and great good has come from it, but mankind continues to demonstrate its innate affinity for evil. He's here, throwing aside moral and ethical restraints left and right, geneticists. Geneticists are now combining species against God-created order and are even developing three-parent babies. Before we just see uh, uh, clonings, isn't it? Uh, They said, oh, just a research for how to cure diseases, genetic. But now man is trying to play God, to play God. Uh, Before we just see it in the movies, like, you know, clones and stuff like that. But there are people who are trying to do this. Trying to do uh, three parent babies, babies resulting from two fathers or even two mothers. If a human-animal hybrids are not created yet, they are all on the very, very near horizon. So how long will God allow this to continue? Considering the real, very real possibility that these children and hybrids may not have souls. Yeah, they might create a body, but isn't it it's the one God is uh, the one who created man? actually in his image, and that is actually Adam, technically speaking. God created Adam in his image, but Adam fell into sin, so now all of us are created in the image of Adam, fallen man, with a sinful nature. And we had a discussion here with the uh, Sunday School, like who who gives uh, a soul to, uh, to, a, to a person? Is it the mother and the father? Because we are created in God's image, and when you know, that egg and sperm combine, and of course God allows it to have life, so will God create a sinful soul if He is a good God? He's a righteous God? So we create, the, the, put that soul together. God probably for my own personal opinion, uses the mother and the father. That's why producing an offspring and a children is sacred in the confines of marriage. Amen? because Kasi if we are Able to give that person a soul as a mother and a father, a personality, you know, but it's already tainted with sin because we are, we are fallen, you know. So, how that's why life is sacred, amen. <laughs> so, like, man right now is trying to produce, you know, that probably that's for me, there's no soul, but so that's like an abomination in the eyes of God because God is only the author and the source of life, but man is trying to play. God, all right? Are they going to be made in God's image or man's image? God intervened here when the angels began interbreeding with the human population. Oh, there's a different view here in Genesis chapter 6. Just to throw it to you, you know, the sons of God, there are a lot of Christians are saying the godly line of Seth who intermarry with the uh, uh, wicked generation during that time. Others, view are saying that are the fallen angels. Nephilims, giants who intermarried with with uh, with men and they corrupted the world because the devil wants to corrupt the world, to annihilate the world, to kill all humans so the Messiah will not be born. So God has to destroy with a global flood. So that's another view. So hmm, number five, amen? Will he find faith on the earth? Here is Christ saying this, referencing the end of the age immediately preceded the proceeding of parousia, Jesus questioned if he will find any faith at all. While I firmly believe he will, because, praise be to God, Bergen Bible Baptist Church is still here. Amen? And you are here. Yeah? You're still here. Amen? You're awake again. Alright? Will he find faith in the earth when he comes back? By the grace of God, may we be found here with faith. Amen? In the Lord and His word. But generally speaking, isn't it? It might not be a lot, all right, in the world because of what's happening right now, because we're living in that Laodicean age, perilous times. So, 1 Timothy chapter 4 1 says that, you know, every generation of Christians has had its apostates, false prophets, and false teachers, but the apostasy beginning primarily. In the 1960s, especially here in America, is utterly unprecedented. Some polls and surveys indicate that less than one half of self-proclaimed Christians around the world still believe all the tenets of Christian of Christianity, of Christianity, historic Christianity. Many embrace what we call soft universalism, homosexuality, moral relativism, and every other vice. Genesis is largely dismissed, the res- resurrection is often denied and Christ's return is routinely questioned among the so-called evangelicals, all right? Indeed, who will maintain their faith in God's word in the midst of this lawless world where Christianity seems to be the object of every attack and ridicule? So will he find faith in the earth? So let's guard our faith, amen, by continuous study of God's word and fellowship with one another, amen? How about number six? Oh, we have to hurry. End of the millennial week. this is interesting. If you add up the ages of the patriarchs in Genesis, in addition to the roughly 1,500 years that continued from Moses until Christ, and the two millennia from Christ until now, you arrive at almost exactly or more than 6,000 years. Revelation 20 promises a coming, 1,000-year reign of Christ before eternity. This pattern is unmistakably related to the six days of work, of creation, and one day of rest as the weekly pattern God created in Genesis 1. one. Remember in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, we found that verse, one day in the Lord is a thousand years, as a thousand years is one day. Of course, it mainly it tells us that God is timeless. God is not bound with time. He's transcendent beyond time. But look at that. The first week of creation, it falls in a Jewish feast all the way to the sixth. And 6,000 of... Of human history like from adam to christ is four thousand years and from christ to our present time right now is 2000 years so once what's left is 1000 and that's reserved for the millennial reign of christ where we will rest amen where, where it was sabbath for him when he did the creation week amen so we will rest because he will rule and reign in perfect peace and prosperity and another slide there yeah god's master time frame about the everlasting covenant. With his first advent, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 of biblical history, Messiah, God redeemed man from sin because Christ came and died on the cross and he was resurrected. And then he will come again on the second advent when he will redeem the earth from sin. Lift up the curse temporarily for 1,000 years, then he will rule and reign. So some interesting... um, timetable there number 7 god does not withhold judgment forever how we know is he can come in our lifetime about 1600 years transpired before god brought a global cataclysmic judgment in the form of the flood what's that noah's flood amen it's not local it's global as i like genesis 1 to 11 is foundational to our belief as a christian amen it all started there the origin of creation the origin of sin the government, the fall of men, everything. So if you deny that as just a story, as a myth, where a lot of people are doing, then what's, hap- what's going to happen to the rest of the Bible? Amen? That's why I thank God for our Sunday school teachers. You know, they have an answer in Genesis curriculum here where they teach the children the basic fundamental truth. So look, 700 to 800 years passed before God brought judgment upon Israel after bringing them into the land. All right? Babylonian captivity. And similar time passed before God brought a complete judgment upon the Canaanites, Sodom, though they had reached such an incredible level of depravity. We know Sodom and Gomorrah, isn't it? Even Canaanites. God used the children of Israel to bring judgment to them because of their unrepentant, sinful cycle of rebelling against God. So God is still patient, amen? Still merciful to the world. But God will brought judgment after only a few hundred years. So... Next one, consider these time spans. We are nearing now two thousand years since Christ's death and resurrection. We are now living in the longest time period between judgments in the history of the world and God's word. Promise that another global judgment will most certainly come in Second Peter three verse five to seven. The first global judgment was by water, and it will come now with fire. You know. And God can use the nuclear warheads of the world to do that. Or the asteroids or meteorites from the heavenly bodies out there to destroy the world. Be destroyed with fervent heat, the Bible says. So, God is not distant or sleeping. He has planned the end from the beginning. And this wicked world is living on borrowed time. Isn't it? It's true. Because if you see uh, how man is is forsaking God. Yung kasamaan ng mundo. Diba? Nakaka... All right. All right. Next. That's the verse 2 Peter 3 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of that. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, the pre-diluvian world, the times of Noah, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perish. The global flood in Genesis. But the heavens and the earth, which are now presently, by the same word, are kept in store. You know, that's why wala pong ang Niburu planet (laughs) to the world or the stars or we still revolve uh, in the right orbit around the sun. The moon is still rotate in its right axis and earth in the right axis and revolve around the sun in our solar system and other galaxies are not nagbubunguan because it's all kept by the power of Jesus. The power of God is still put. Everything into its place. So tomorrow when you wake up, no matter what the weather is, we know the sun will still come out and shine. Amen? In this part of the world and other parts of the world because God's word is constant. I will uphold my creation until the time that I have to change and create a new heaven and a new earth. But look at that. This world is due for judgment, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So ang patience rin po ng Panginoon meron rin pong katapusan. Diba? Sa unrepentant world. Mayroon siyang panahon sa lahat. Alright, next. That's why the picture of the global flood. Then, number eight, the technological and societal backdrop. How do we know that Christ can come in our lifetime? Because of this. There you go. Daniel 12.4, one of the best signs. But thou, Daniel, and truth, uh, he soon returned, shut up the words and sealed the book. During that time, they don't understand that. Even Daniel, when he read the had written this, the things that will happen prophetically with the history of the empires of the world, but it came into fruition even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Of course, people just walk during that time; they just ride the horses. That's the fastest they could. They just sail, you know, the boat with with rowing. But right now, we run to and fro. You know, how many of you just uh, fly an airplane? Yeah, you went from the east coast. To the south coast, to the west coast in just a matter of a few hours. Even to the other part of the world, another continent, isn't it? Now we go to uh, Mars, we go to the moon, we go try to look for the Titanic downward, isn't it? <laughs> and people perish, try to go to the depths of the ocean. So we have traveled, knowledge has been increased, as you know. The communication and and and, and passing of information had increased tremendously for the past years. Isaiah 17.1 also says, the burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. That's prophetically speaking that Damascus will be ruined. A city can be ruined, and we know it can be done right now through nuclear warheads, isn't it? Through bombs. It can be wiped out in a matter of minutes. So we see here the technological and societal Backdrop. The technology for the mark of the beast along with the ability for the world to witness the ministry of the two witnesses during the tribulation is now in place. Because of internet, because of satellite. Certain other passages seem only to be fulfilled by modern technology, including rapid transportation and information technology, as we read in Daniel 12.4. Nuclear weapons that can demise a whole city like that in Damascus. Isaiah 17.1 and even dumps that can halt the flow of entire rivers in Revelation 16:12, We have now the technology that can halt a whole river, you know, all right? Considering that the Bible describes Jesus returning when life still appears to go on as normal with marrying and buying and selling, in Luke 17, verse 27, 28, it seems that the fact that society is moving toward a genderless, marriageless future and global economic collapse is on the very near horizon The window for the parousia is narrowing substantially. Is narrowing substantially. So Christ can come in our lifetime. Next, that's the verse, Luke 17. Number nine, Jesus said he would not visit Israel again until his people recognized that he came from God. Matthew 23, 29. The early church was primarily Gentile because the Jewish people largely rejected Christ as their Messiah, in the fulfillment of Romans eleven 25. Let's go there quickly. Romans, I didn't put it in the slide. Romans eleven twenty-five. Are you still there? Amen? study All right. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conscience, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. We are now in the grace of Period, the church age, where predominantly people that are saved are us, Gentiles. God turned his eyes toward the Gentiles because his own people rejected him 2,000 years ago. Remember, they rejected the message of John the Baptist, of Jesus, and even Stephen. They stoned him. It's like baseball. Strike three, you're out. All right? So now God turned to the Gentiles until the fullness of the Gentile has come then Christ will again resume his dealing with the nation of Israel. We know some of the Israelites right now, Jews, are being saved. I think there is half a million of them that are now believers of Christ. Um, Messianic Jews, they, they call them, isn't it? So they're still being rich, but not as a nation, as a whole, because that's a small percentage, fragment of the whole population, because they're still in blindness. They're still looking for their Messiah. That's why you have Jewish doctors, isn't it? Jewish friends that uh, some of them are Orthodox, some of them are modern, some of them are Reformed, but a lot of them are still um, going through their rituals and everything. They're still looking at the old <laughs> covenant. Hello, but aren't you glad as Christians, amen? Even as Gentiles, as Filipino, God mercifully, graciously save us, given us the truth, and now we are part of that Kingdom, join heirs with Christ. We're so blessed. Because even though they are progressing in their livelihood, they're, they're, they're brilliant. They're inventors. May nakita na kayong homeless na Jew? Na talagang Jew? Okay? They are blessed because of the Abrahamic covenant with them. I will bless them that bless thee. Wherever they go, even though they're the most persecuted group of people, somehow they survive and they flourish. Isn't it? Because they're still God's apple of his eye. He's still not done with them. But aren't you glad right now he turned to the Gentiles? To the whole world. We have missionaries going all over the world preaching the gospel and churches are being established. People are getting saved because it's the time of the Gentiles. But look, he will go back to them. Amen? He will go back to them. He will deal with them. It says on that slide you know that Oh, number 10, the last, Okay, go back there. Thank you, all right? It says there, as the Messiah fulfillment of Romans eleven twenty five 25, and Acts 15, 14 to 16. Okay, let's go there. Acts 15. Say, mabilis yung last, eh. All right? The final punchline. Encouragement. Acts 15, verse 14 to 16. Simeon or Peter had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. Amen? Remember, they were called first to preach to the house of Israel, even Jesus, his early ministries in the gospel. But then they turned their back to them, and then also Apostle Paul was called to be apostle to the Gentiles. And now, even during this time, Acts 15, now, oh yeah, we can preach the gospel to the Gentiles because they accepted the Lord and He's saving a lot of them. The gospel now is for all people, all right? But look at this, and to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written, verse 15, after this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen down and I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. All right, Acts 15, verse 14 to 16. So God is not yet through with his people. Amen? All right, next. Go back to that slide. Yeah? There you go. Same. Taposin lang natin Alright? Sabi ko, uh, people who believe in Christ, they turn to their Yeshua. Alright? So, this is like, I believe, four years ago. 300,000 Messianic Jews. But now, I heard more than half a million have turned to Christ. And these are the ministries that God is using to win them. You know why? Because of Technology. They're able to see the light of truth. They are able to read because the Jewish rabb- rabb- rabbinical system, the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, they don't teach about Jesus. They don't. They just teach about the law and stuff like that. But right now, they can see what we as Gentile believers are studying. There are videos, there are articles pertaining, hey, the Messiah had truly come. These are the proofs, you know, that he had come to save the world. And and in the Bible, he wants to provoke the Jews into jealousy among the Gentiles. Have you heard that? Have you read that in the scripture? Because now we are being blessed because we have accepted the Messiah truly had come. So these are the I mean that's why I encourage the church to support some missionaries that work with the Jews, isn't it? So we will also have a part in, you know, um, reaching them. Truly there are now hundreds of thousands of Jews people who declare Jesus Christ, blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. Yes. Number 10, last. Thank you for your patience. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 19. So the age, this age will end. The grace age. You know, the church age. The Great Commission contains, itself contains the promise that this age will most definitely end in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. So it, it could be in our lifetime, isn't it? The church age with all those other uh, things that we saw. So that's just 10. There's more. But it just proves to us that the Bible is true. Amen? Amen. So what's the takeaway? Let's continue. Amen? To worship the Lord, to work for Him, to watch His soon return, to, um, you know, just do what we can to be a good witness, to be salt and light. So what you're doing right now, if you're witnessing to somebody, praying, keep on doing it. Amen? It's never in vain. Your labor is not in vain. It's, it's pleasing to the Lord. Amen? So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you for this Bible study that we had. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can be encouraged. Um, we know our hope, our blessed hope is always with you, Lord. And man might try his best to um, try to change the world. and And we're not against that, Lord. There are some good programs out there, but ultimately... You need to come, Lord, because we know that this world is like a woman in travail, as you said. Um, The intensity, the frequency of uh, the bird pangs that's happening in the physical world, in the spiritual world, in in the moral, political scenario of our world right now is going to get uh, intensified and frequent, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, for the comforts of your word that our future is secure. We have a present help. In the name of Jesus, and um, help us to continue to pray for our unsaved loved ones and friends. Continue to be a good Christian testimony, and continue to support the life and ministry of our church. And give us a humble spirit, Lord, a forgiving spirit when we fail you and we fail each other. And help us, Lord, to continue to look upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. And uh, let me call Brother Christian for our closing uh, song, and uh, we'll have a quick business meeting.